Yes, Lord God, we acknowledge the war and we acknowledge you, that you are victorious, you have overcome, that you have promised to never leave us or forsake us. So tuck each one who listens today into the safety and the revelation of, the, of your goodness, your peace, your protection for them, your, your uh, ever-present mercy. I thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross. I thank you that your will uh, be done in us even as you did your, the will of your Father in dying and in the resurrection, in the promise, in keeping the promises that you made to Abraham, to us, Lord God, even to the end. And I thank you, Lord, you are faithful to complete those promises. I thank you, Lord, those who have you given courage to follow you, Lord, that they continue to follow you. I thank you, Jesus, you've given us power over all the power of the enemy that we can bind, that we can forbid, that we can loose, we can forgive. And we thank you for exercising those abilities and powers in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you also for the promise that no weapon formed against us will prosper, that no word said, deed done, actions taken behind the scene, any kind of witchcraft, curses, anything sent, um, that the shields of God, the protection of God, the promises of God, uh, and the favor of God rest upon your people, Lord God, including health, healing, and deliverance. And I thank you, Jesus, now for giving us wisdom and instruction, especially for those who need to understand how these things can apply to their personal lives and to their um, personal situations, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, well, in the last couple of weeks, uh, we've been talking about healing, health, divine healing, and then uh, last two weeks, we've talked about deliverance, especially in the demonic invasions that entered have entered the church through uh, the Jezebel, witchcraft, being bewitched. Today, we're going to talk about, maybe in the next couple of programs, about the biblical strategy for healing and deliverance. It kind of combines the two and helps us to understand that the war between God and Satan is, uh, we, are, we have been the targets of that war. Um, so the war between God and Satan began, of course, when Satan became incensed against God's making mankind in his image, which means that our DNA carries the image of God. It's the, the coding, the information, uh, and it's the precious content that creates us and makes us who we are. And that is what Satan is warring against. And part of that DNA includes your health, your physical body, um, your, your your intellect, your identity, uh, what you're going to do with your life. All those things are kind of encapsulated in the DNA. So um, Satan is after the souls of mankind, and the way he's going to do that for the most part is take us out at that cellular level. Um, I know we don't think of it that way. Uh, we think of nuclear bombs and, and physical things, but this is something that is the ultimate strategy is to kill you at the molecular level of your existence. So Satan is a strategist. He has been instigated. He's been uh, incited against us. uh, And he pours out his contempt and his judgment upon creation of God by making us sick and diseased and uh, hindered in every way he can. So our health becomes a major target of the enemy. And so then healing becomes a major objective to either retain or regain our health uh, and, and walk in a healing. Because if, we're, if our physical bodies are 
not doing well, our spirits will not thrive either. Um, so that, that for most of us, we think, I'm sick, I go to the doctor. Okay, well, that's pretty um, uh, literal and kind of simplistic. Uh, most of the time we go to the doctor, which is okay. I mean, that's the first thought, you know, oh, he's sick, oh, go to the doctor. But really going to the root of it, what is the real spiritual issue here that is causing this dysfunction, this malfunctioning of our neurological systems or our members of our body or biological systems? Um, so really to begin that healing journey, um, we have to begin in the spiritual world. Um, and we cannot uh, obtain favor and blessing and move forward in the spiritual world without understanding there's a war. Jesus said, and this is kind of interesting, um, why would he have done this? But he says I to his disciples, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that your spirits are subject to you, but rejoice in this, that your names are um, written in the Lamb's Book of Life. So the thing is, um, there is a war, there's a battle. And we see one of the first evidences of this war in the book of Numbers. And it was kind of interesting, the, the children of Israel were already in the wilderness. Um, and I'm going to read a little bit out of that. Uh, Numbers chapter 21 to set a story, because this has to do with uh, demonic attack and physical healing. Uh, it says in verse 4, Then they journeyed, verse twenty, chapter 21, uh, from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea, to go around the, the land of Edom. And the soul of the people became very discouraged on the way. And the people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there, there is no food and no water, and our souls loathe this worthless bread. So they had already been getting manna, I would imagine. So the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and many of the people of Israel died. Therefore, the people came to Moses and said, we have sinned. We have spoken against the Lord and against you and, and against you. Pray to the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people. Then the Lord said to Moses, make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole. And it shall be that everyone who is bitten when he looks at it shall live. In other words, shall recover. So Moses made the bronze serpent and put it on the pole, and so it was. If the serpent had bitten anyone, when he looked at the bronze serpent, he lived. This is uh, a very interesting capsule, capsulization of the process of you know, murmuring against God, becoming discouraged, letting the, the, the words of our mouth begin to infect and afflict us or give opportunity for the enemy to use those words against us. They were discouraged. They're murmuring against God and Moses, and they didn't like the bread, and they were thirsty. They didn't like their circumstances. And how many of us get to that place where we begin to complain? And then it says, so the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people. Really what happened is Satan said, okay, they're listening to me. Now I get to send the fiery serpents. And God said, you're right. You know, they are listening to you, and I'm not going to cheat you out of what you've rightfully gained in getting them to give their mouths, their lips, their words over to murmuring, complaining, and uh, speaking against God. So Satan says, I have a right to bring the serpents. So he did that. And yet God, God permitted it. So it looks like God is sending the serpents, and it says the Lord sent the serpents. So he permitted the serpents uh, at the request of Satan. 
uh, because Satan says, they're mine now, they're listening to me, and that's the rule. And God wasn't cheating in the game. And so, yeah, so now God has to work to bring us back to that place of revelation and peace and relationship with him. So the people came to Moses, they, they admitted they'd sinned. That was kind of a key element here, I think. They realized that they had stepped over the bounds and were being ungrateful, unthankful, and they'd murmured against God. And so they confessed their sin. This is like step number one, uh, the recognition of, you know, my part that I've played in this sickness, in this physical issue. Um, many times people say, well, you know, if, if you, you, you're saying if people sin, then they are sick, then they sinned. Well, they maybe not have been the one that sinned, but someone sinned. Um, they may be suffering for someone else's sins. We see this all the time when people are um, ripped off, beaten up, abused, violated, raped, whatever, by someone else. They're suffering for someone else's sins. And then also, it may have been a sin that was an agreement made in the generations past. So not just necessarily has the person sinned. Job did not sin. Um, Abraham did not sin when he was suffering. Uh, so we see that a lot of times Satan just comes in to test the righteous without even the uh, open door of a sin. So anyway, so, so the Lord gave him a strange thing to do. He says, Moses, take a bronze serpent, um, brazen or bronze, and put it on a pole and lift it up. And whoever gets bitten, just put that pole in the middle of the camp. And whoever gets bitten, just look at it. <clears throat> All you have to do is humble yourself enough to turn your eyes and look at the pole. That was the agreement God was requiring. Just cancel out your agreements with murmuring and discouragement and, and, and admit you've sinned and humble yourself. Confess your sin by receiving, you know, an, making an agreement with me and receiving healing. So this was not that hard. Um, but they, uh, so the question is, was anybody really touched? Was there any administration of any uh, antibiotic or any medical device or many, in, many medical intervention? No, no, and no. This was a healing which did not require uh, what we so many times think we need, like the, the medical interventions, the, um, or, or, or was this some sort of magic? Um, or was this simply an act of obedience that broke the agreement with the evil one, which is basically what it was? And even today, with that serpent on the pole, which represents Jesus, who became sin for us on the cross, um, there's one serpent on that pole. But in your counterfeit look-alike medical community, you have, I forget what the, the thing is called, the wings and the double serpents uh, intertwining down the, 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 the pole. And what that is, is really the counterfeit. That is the, the substitution. You have the truth and the error mixed together in there. And so people, you know, give allegiance to the medical community and um, forget to sometimes ask the Lord So uh, for healing. So the connection um, between, we, there is a connection between the physical disease or disorder and disobedience. But what is it? Um, notice that when they obeyed, repented, humbled themselves and agreed with God by looking, they lived. There was no one who came and touched them. No one gave them a, a uh, you know, a, a pill or a product. Um, so they were just simply, this was a divine act of God based on, uh, repentance and obedience. So we see that healing does require an obedience, um, to bring forth that healing. We have to submit to God. He is the healer. Um, uh, so the, the, the sin, 
and the sickness uh, was permitted through the open doors of the murmuring, the complaining, and the you know the, the lies that people were believing. Um, uh, so we see that you know when they were murmuring against God, the protections of God were removed, and the sheltering of God was and, and sin was able to rain down on them. And uh, it's interesting how Satan made little serpents to bite them, fiery little serpents. He kind of likes that motif, serpents, snakes, dragons, all that sort of stuff. So because the people were given a free will to either choose to stay under God's protection and believe and trust him in the wilderness or in your life now, or to get upset and and be offended, and um, it's our choice. And right now in these days, it's very easy to um, be afraid and step out from under the Psalm 91 umbrella that the Lord has set up for us. We, we, we some, many people think that they can dance with the devil um, and get favor from him. Um, but it's, but the Lord says, I know the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man to walk or to direct his own steps. But somehow we think that we can do that. Now, <clears throat> there's a the real problem is that we are beautifully and wonderfully pure, innocent, holy, made in the image of God, Genesis 1, 26 and 7. There's nothing, you know, more beautiful than a child, innocent, you know, trusting, vulnerable, and, and yet they're born into a snake pit where the God of this world immediately begins to try to uh, recondition all of us through uh, lie, to believe lies by switching our our understanding from be a being, we are a being, a son or daughter made by God that authorizes us, that gives us identity. Our origin defines our identity. We came from heaven where God's, God authorized us, created us, brought us forth by his own will and truth to be made in his image as sons and daughters, which are, by the way, higher than the angels. You know, ultimately, we will judge angels. And so, um, we are made higher, but at this point where we look to be weaker and the angels that are good are here to protect us. It's just like you send a babysitter to protect your child. It doesn't mean the child isn't the heir uh, because he needs babysitting right now. So anyway, um, so that, you know, but the devil tries to psychologically make us believe things by using um, behavior to recondition us to believe we are what we do. Um, So we're... um, when you get saved in the New Testament, God gave us the option to step out through salvation, step out from under the reign of Satan, his tyranny, his terror, his fear, uh, and God wants to shelter us in his protection. So most, almost all sin, well, all sin, but I mean almost all sickness, if not most all of it, comes out of a basis of fear. Fear of, uh, of, of something bad happening, fear of feeling out of control, don't know what to do. Uh, but God wants us to step out of that that reign of fear and terror, and He d- invites us. He saved us through Jesus Christ, and He wants us to know because we're saved, we're also eligible for His other gifts, which include healing, you know, grace, mercy, healing. So, <clears throat> so being salvation is like being born. When you're born, you're born again. Salvation. You're born into the new kingdom of God through salvation, it qualifies us to take partake of the gifts of healing. And so, so you know, not, you say, well, what, what about everybody who's not saved? God in his gracious goodness has given gifts to man 
and many people who are not even saved, they're unbelievers, for example, can receive a healing. And because of the mercy of God, he often does this. And many times, people who don't even know him receive an, a remarkable, miraculous healing, and we just go, wow. But all that shows us is the great generosity and goodness of God. Um, so once we're saved, we have that opportunity um, it's, uh, to, to walk in salvation and sanctification. Um, so salvation is not a, a, a merit-based program. It's not, it's a, it's a whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord. Therefore, um, you know, because we're not saved, because we stopped sinning because of a behavior, we're saved because we accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We can't save ourselves because we've accepted that that is our acceptance, that is our agreement with God's plan of eternal life and salvation through Jesus Christ. That means when you, you've accepted Jesus, you've accepted his substitutionary death in place of yours so that he died on the cross so that you wouldn't have to die for your sins. And so then he invites us through that death to participate with him in his death on the cross and then become uh, new creatures in Christ. The old things pass away. We're born again and we, you know, reckon the old man dead. So now the old ways of the of you know our human nature, um, refined and defined by this world, is is removed, and we can walk in our new divine nature again. We can are reinstated to our divine nature that we already had, but had been obscured and lost, um, at least marred and and obscured through all the tragedies down here in the pit. Now we're in salvation. Now we can walk in sanctification. So salvation is a key to healing and deliverance. So, and sanctification is the process of develop, of cleansing, healing, restoring, redeeming that which was lost. Once we're saved, now we're eligible for sanctification, just like life follows uh, birth, and you can't live unless you're born. So the person is born again, now is eligible for the work of the Holy Spirit, which includes salvation and healing. Um, uh, so, and salvation you know, is an ongoing uh, agreement and obedience to the truth as God's Holy Spirit instructs us in that truth. So it's a, it's a walk. We can, um, uh, we, we can be rained on every day and we're still saved. We can be attacked. That doesn't mean we've lost our salvation. Um, what Satan is trying to do is rip away our salvation, which basically is pretty hard for him to do although he can get us to believe, you know, we've walked away from God. That's very easy for him to do. Because, and then once you've walked away from God, then he begins to believe, and you're guilty now because you did all these things and you deserve this sickness and see it's your fault and you're guilty. So guilt and accusation, condemnation from the enemy are the um, methods through which he, he persuades us to believe we had this coming. We don't deserve good things. Our immune system is confused and infirmity and affliction and fear. Uh, all begin to invade the physical body, which is the most vulnerable, you know, at every level. It's the last frontier. It's the place where all, the buck stops there. You know, all the things, all the decisions made in the spirit world, all the relationship agreements we've made with other people, whatever, what we choose for occupations, how we live our life, everything uh, in the spiritual world, all of our agreements render down into our physical being. And that's where we begin to develop the sicknesses, the cancers, the tumors, the arthritis, and these kinds of things. And I understand the, the Bible, the body, I'm sorry, the body is, is weak, but it is also God has given us ways to protect the body, provide for the body, nurturing and nutrients and things like that, 
that can repair it. And the body can actually heal itself if you give it what it needs, if you don't get it too deep in the pit uh, of sickness or disease. So in some cases, you can't eat enough broccoli fast enough to get rid of a cancer or turn your, your, your pH alkaline or whatever. Um, so, but what we're saying is if you walk in a consistent way, um, you can be healthy. However, that, that doesn't, uh, prevent the idea of the enemy bringing accidents, uh, assaults, injuries. And a lot of people are suffering not for anything they did. Their afflictions in their body are not the result of their sin necessarily. They may be the result of an attack, um, that comes against them. So we are not exempt from the, the, the plots and evil things that go on in the world um, because we know that the curses are here. The curses do come. They have come through the generational bloodlines, through the agreements that were made. And many times the specific afflictions in your body, your particular personal problems, health problems, are the result of and the culmination of agreements uh, and permissions and infirmities and ailments that have come down your bloodline. So Satan has already uh, made that a pathway. And the people who had, you know, issues with uh, a weak pancreas or a weak, uh, you know, and, and whatever, and now two generations later, in, their descendants are getting diabetes or something like that. You know, or, you know, it's always continues to come down. Whatever Satan was able to afflict or do or accomplish in the one generation, he will also continue to try to promote in the next. That's how he builds up uh, power and, and, you know, momentum in his spiritual assault against us. And so, um, and, and being saved, you know, just because we're saved does not exempt us from the curses that come down the generational bloodlines. And those curses have come down through disobedience. They can be broken and it's your turn now. So you can uh, actually confess the sins of other people, those in your bloodline who stole from one another, hated one another, gossiped, uh, refused to love and protect one another, abused one another, murdered and shed blood, uh, practice witchcraft. You can forgive them because Jesus says, whoever sins you forgive, they're forgiven them. He didn't say they have to be alive. He didn't say they have to admit they're wrong. He didn't even say you had to have a conversation with them necessarily. Some of these people are dead and gone. And what you're doing is forgiving them for believing the lies that open the doors and they fail to repent and close the doors. So you're forgiving them for leaving the door open in your bloodline, which brought these things down upon you. And so it's it's a very powerful tool to be able to forgive. Uh, John, it's chapter 20, verse verse 23, I think. Um, Whoever sins you forgive, they're forgiven. Whoever sins you retain, they're retained. And, and most believers don't realize that this is what forgiveness really means here is just simply releasing them from your judgment for what they did or didn't do and turning that judgment over to God, letting God be the judge and you're the plaintiff and you come and petition God to close the doors, restore the order by confessing by those people. When they looked at the serpent, they were acknowledging their sin, their murmuring, their discouragement, and they were humbling themselves. And so confession and repentance are part of the process of humbling ourselves, bringing order, divine order and divine blessing back into our lives. So it's a process. It's a, there's, there's, there's a war. There are rules to the war. There's actually a mechanism that's going on behind the scenes that's very intricately involved in your health and healing. And understanding that is very helpful. Now, it's not necessary always to understand it, 
because obviously Jesus did not require people who he laid hands on and the leprosy fled or the infirmity left or whatever he did. He did not require the people to have this kind of understanding, but he had the understanding and he had the virtue and he had the authority. And so when you pray for other people, it's very helpful for you to have some basis of spiritual understanding about what has gone on so that you can speak with authority. And with that authority, then we receive, um, we can receive miracles because he said we could. He said, go heal the sick. He didn't say try. So when you're sick or when you're praying for the sick, the, the same basis is there of truth and freedom, forgiveness, um, and rest- restoration to the blessings of God. So, Father God, we thank you for understanding a little bit better the, the way this thing works. Um, just like the doctor needs to understand the way the body works, the way the blood system, the circulatory system, or whatever works in order to fix it or to address the issues in it, we also want to address and understand the spiritual mechanisms that brought sickness, infirmity, uh, death, destruction, affliction, attack, assault against us or against our loved ones. So, Father, I pray that you give us now wisdom to understand those things and faith to believe you for the things that we don't understand and to ask you simply in your goodness to give us that gift of faith, gift of healing, to restore unto ourselves and others uh, the the full functioning, the good, healthy functioning of our body and our, our members that we can actually serve you with joy and gladness and with the completion and with fullness of uh, of energy, strength, anointing, joy, and peace in Jesus' name. Amen. So liferecovery.com, check us out. Um, And in that uh, bookstore, you're going to find a book called The Case for Healing. I'd really recommend it. It's it's a kind of a deep read, but there's a lot of fun in there with specific, um, identifying specific ailments and, and situations and diseases that will help you to start to understand or unravel the mysteries of iniquity that are working in your own physical health and issues. So a case for healing. God bless you and be healed in Jesus' name. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.